This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries. To all of you who are watching in all the places you are around the world, I want to thank you for all the letters that you have sent, the emails that have come in the last few days. And some of you have written tragic stories of, of people that you have lost in the last few months. Many of you who are, who are grieving right now for children that have just died, for businesses that have gone broke, for circumstances that are difficult, and yet we face a new year. And for many people, we face that year alone or in a new place. And yet the scripture tells us with surety that God is with us. And so this evening we are here and wherever you are at whatever time of the day it will be around the world when you will join us in prayer, my prayer is that you would experience the presence of God. Tonight I am gonna to pray that the presence of God would fall here. I'm a believer in miracles. I've seen incredible things that I can't explain. I've, I've been present when things have happened that I don't know how they work. I have seen people's lives changed. I have seen the unexplainable occur. And I have come to believe that God can turn up over and over again. So whether you are here, whether you are watching in some city or village or town around the world, in a country far away from here, uh, the extent of God is everywhere. And my prayer is that you will be blessed as we pray that God would bless 2023. Because the question we've got to ask is, what do we want this year? Do you want more of the same? Do you want just the same year as you had last year? A better year, a more fruitful year? Do you want a successful year? Or are you approaching this year with that sense that it can be no better uh, than, than it was? There's, the scriptures tell us very clearly in Proverbs chapter 16, it says this, it said, trust your works to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Entrust your works to the Lord. Another translation says this, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Another translation says, ask the Lord to bless your plans and you'll be successful in carrying them out. It's pretty clear, isn't it? If you want to be blessed, commit your plans, commit your work to God. And this got me thinking, what does it mean to be blessed? What's it mean to be blessed? What does it mean uh, to be blessed by God? Bless means to ask God to look favorably on us. Bless means to ask God to look favorably on us. Uh, it doesn't mean that we are God's favorite, but asking God to look favorably upon us, that he would move. Throughout the Bible, the content, the, the content of what constitute blessing varies greatly, but there's a whole variety of things. And if we read the Old Testament, it was things like that they would have vitality or health or longevity or fertility, that their land would be blessed, that they'd be prosperous, that they would be able to honour God and that they would experience honour in their own life. Um, now we all know, and we all know that in our own life, that we, have you ever noticed that you ask God for things and God doesn't give them to you sometimes? You ever really begged God for stuff and said, God, I want you to give me things, certain things, and then God doesn't do it? Um, in, James, in the book of James, it says, uh, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. In other words, I can ask God all I like, all day, every day, let me win lotto, let me win lotto. And if it's not his will, it doesn't matter how many tickets I buy, it doesn't matter how, what I do, I won't win lotto. 
But if I'm able to tune in to the, what the plan of God is, if I'm able to tune in to what God wants and ask according to his will, Scripture tells us whenever we ask according to God's will, what happens is that we get what we ask for. The secret is asking according to God's will. It says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, I love this passage of Scripture. It says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything according to his will, he, will hear, he, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. You know why some of you haven't got what you have prayed for? It isn't his will. It isn't his will. And so often many of us have tried to twist God to do what we want in order to give us what we want. And yet scripture's clear. The secret to having your, your, your desires uh, blessed, the secret to getting what you want is to ask according to his will. And yet many of us ask according to our own will. The, so the secret to being blessed in 2023 is to ask God, what is your will for me? Not what's your will for my wife, not what your will is for my husband or for my children, but to the secret to being blessed, to the secret to the favor of God in your life is this, is God, what is your will for me? What's your will for me? Now the world tells us, doesn't it? The world tells us that success is all sorts of things, doesn't it? The world tells us that success, uh, that success means all kinds of things. And many of those things can be good, but there's a difference between the success of God and the success of human beings. There's a difference between what God desires for us and what we think is good. There's a difference between what God celebrates at times and what the world celebrates. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and a catechism is, a catechism is like a summary document of what we believe. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says this. It's a bit dense, so I'll read it a couple of times. It says, we hope in, that is, we look forward to, the glory of heaven promised by God to those who love him and to do his will. Because the question I began to ask is, if we are blessed by doing what God seeks of us, by seeking God's will, how do we know what God's will is? How do we know what God wants of me? Because if I'm blessed by doing what God wants me to do, how do I find that? And so I went back and I began to think to myself, well, what are the things that God asks of us? What's God's point? Why the heck are we here? What are we doing here? Not here tonight, but what are we doing being alive? What's the whole point of this? What's the point of it? And the Catechism says, we hope in, we look forward to the glory of heaven promised by God to those who love him and to do his will. In every circumstance, each one of us should hope with the grace of God to persevere to the end and to obtain the joy of heaven as God's eternal reward for the good works accomplished with the grace of Christ. Let me explain. It says, we hope, we look forward to the glory, the magnificence of heaven. Our whole point of being here is heaven. Now that can be difficult sometimes to comprehend, but our whole point is, is heaven. And it's promised by a, by, to God, uh, to those whom love, and to those who do his will. 
Whenever we read the Bible, whenever we look at the catechism, whenever we look at any of the church teaching, whenever we listen to the lives of the saints, they keep coming back to this word, will, 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 what is God's will, what is God's will, what is God's will, what is God's will, because God's will is the key. God's will is the key to us finding happiness and to being in the place where God calls us to be. In every circumstance, uh, each one of us should hope uh, with the grace of God, that is with the ability of God, the blessing of God, the grace of God, to persevere to the end. How many of you have started anything? Any of you ever started anything and not finished it? And you know you should have? I once started this thing about losing weight. <laughs> I'm still going. You know, uh, there are many of us who start out in the Christian life. There are many of us who at times can become quite uh, keen in our faith life and yet we don't persevere to the end. The Bible tells us the prize is only won by this person who perseveres to the end. The prize comes to the one who crosses the line. And so with the grace of God to persevere to the end and to obtain the joy of heaven because heaven will be a pretty cool place when we will stand one day in the presence of God who is holy, who is indescribable, who is infinite himself, who is peace personified, who knows all things and there is, and there is nothing you can add to God, take away from God, because God is complete in himself. And we will be in the vision and in the presence of God one day. Uh, and, so, and so the joy of heaven is to, be in the, is to be in the place of completeness, where nothing is lacking. Heaven is where nothing is lacking. Nothing. As God's eternal reward for the good works accomplished with the grace of Christ. The reward is because of the good works, the good life that we live, that we get to be with Christ and because of his grace. And what's the grace of Christ? He died for us. There's nothing that can stop us, nothing can eliminate us from being in the presence of God in any way. And so, and so when we stop and we say to ourselves, what is life about? What is, what, why are we here? It's to get to heaven. Why are we here? It's to live with God in our lives now and through eternity with God. And it's to be in the place of completeness, of complete peace and com uh, uh, completely with God. So the, the goal of life is to be in the presence of God. The goal of life is to be in the presence of God. In other words, God wants relationship with you. God wants relationship with you. He wants relationship, but he wants perfect relationship with you. So anything you're going to do in 2023 must be about that goal if you are to be blessed. Anything that you are going to do in 2023 must be about that goal if, if you are going to be blessed, and that is to be in his presence and to live in his presence in all the places that God has us right now. Um, so so how, what are we meant to do to bring us to the place of his blessing? What, what are we meant to do? How do we know what God's will is? Because many people say that, don't you? How do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know where I'm, if I'm spending my time in the right way? What am I meant to do? And the answer is this, the answer is to seek after God himself and his will, and it will become apparent. The secret to the discovery of God's will is to, is to seek his presence. If we find God, we find 
the answer to what he's asking of us. If we, if we find God. Um, can I ask you a question? When was the last time you were overcome by a sense of the presence of God? That you felt it in your emotions and in your mind and in your heart? When was the last time you cried out to God with all of your heart and not just about something that you wanted, but that you wanted him, for him, for him? Not because you wanted something. When was the last time that you desired God so much that you were prepared to do whatever it would take to experience God and to, and to have him? When was the last time that you were overcome with emotion and, 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 and to the point of tears, to the point of being moved in the presence of God? When was the last time that you were in the place where you, you, you experienced the sheer reverence, the sheer otherness, the sheer might, the sheer purity of who God is, who is beyond all description, beyond all have you ever asked the question can I see you God have you ever asked God can I just see you you know how they say seeing is believing you ever asked the question can I just can I just see you well Moses did that Moses comes to God and he asks God can he see him and see if we're to achieve what God wants for us in 2023 the only way we're going to achieve that is this, is to be in the presence of God. And to be in the presence of God is to know the will of God for you. Because many of us made New Year's resolutions. Many of us thought another year. When you get to my age, the years just seem to tick around faster and faster and faster. I don't know about you, but mine seem to go very quickly now. You know? And, and, and you do some of the same things. But will you this year do what God wants for you? Will you this year do what God wants for you to? So God came to Moses. And, and in the midst of a mess that Moses was in, a mess that actually Moses didn't create, he says to God, God, can I see you? Can I see you? See, the people of Israel had been in captivity for 430 years. They had, the, the Egyptians had them captured. And uh, Moses is called by God to go and get them out. Mo God actually says, I've heard the cry of my people. I'm going to do something about it, so I'm sending you. It's interesting how God's way of dealing with things is always a person. It's, it's never God turns up. It's God's way of dealing is to send is to use the hands and feet of someone. And so God sends. And in the end, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get these people out of 430 years of captivity, and I'm going to take them to a promised land. But here's the thing about the promised land. The promised land is occupied. You're going to have to fight for your promised land. The promised land is just not empty and bare. It's just not a land of flowing with milk and honey. It's already occupied. You ever noticed in your own life, if in your career, if you want a good career, you've got to fight for it. You want a great marriage, you've got to fight for it. You want to be a good parent, you've got to fight for it. Every dream that God plants within us, you have to work for. It doesn't come easy, have you noticed? 
So many things you've got to, got, to, got to go after. And along the way, God uses, God uses and sends things to us that in the end are all about capturing us. Um, and God says to Moses, he says, I'm going to, get you, I'm going to get you to lead these people out. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to get you to come back to this mountain, to Mount Sinai. And on here, Mount Sinai, you'll worship me and I'll talk to you. Now, here's what happens is God, is Moses leads these people out. It's a long story. I'm not going to tell the story of how he goes them out. But they've forgotten what it is to be a people. See, for 430 years, they've been captured. For 430 years, they've been slaves. They've forgotten what their culture is. They have a slave mentality. They have a defeated mentality. They have a, a mentality that says someone else will tell us what to do. They have a mentality that says we can't have because the people over us do have. They have they have a mentality that says they are nothing. And then God comes along and says, "Well, you're going to be my chosen people. Yeah, I'm going to choose you, and through you, I'm going to win the whole world." He picks a people that don't have an identity. He picks a people who don't know how to be a people. He picks the people that don't have rules, don't have customs, don't have ways of believing. He says, through you, I'm going to save the whole world. I mean, what a crazy plan. What a crazy plan. And that's what he does. Yeah. They had forgotten everything. And so, he, and so now they're God's chosen people. And we read in the book of Exodus how, how, Moses, how Moses was used by God to build them into a people. He rebuilds them. But he also not just rebuilds them, he builds them anew because God says to them, I'm going to be your people, I'm going to be your God, and you're going to be my people. They were never that before. I'm going to, I'm going to, and through you, I'm going to save the whole world. And we read in the scriptures, there's pages and pages and pages of Moses working with them to set them up, to, to teach them again how to be a people, how to live you know, at, at where they should settle, how they should, how, how should they should organize themselves, how they should approach governance, how, should, how they should develop customs. He even teaches them in the scriptures where they should put their toilets because they've lost everything. They never had the choice of anything because they were always people under someone was telling them where and when and how. They were a captive people who had been brutally tre treated. Moses teaches them how to worship, how to, how, to, how to worship once he gets them out. And when he gets them back, he's convinced them to come. There's been the 10 plagues. They've been over the Red Sea, and, which has been parted. They've defeated the Egyptian army. He brings them to Mount Sinai and he begins to go up and down to worship and to be with God, Moses does. And he keeps bringing down the laws and the rules all of the time. And one day he goes up and he's up there for 40 days and for 40 nights. And, and it's on this occasion that he comes back with the Ten Commandments. But something happened. If we know what the Ten Commandments is, the very first of the Ten Commandments is this. I'm the, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. The first of the Ten Commandments. But the people wonder where he is because he's been away for 40 days and 40 nights. What's happened to him? So they go to Aaron, who's number two in charge, who'd been with Moses all along, and they say, build us a God. Create us a God that we can worship. So Aaron, he comes along, he says to him, well, bring me all your gold. And, and what he does is he fashions a calf. And they put this golden calf out of all this gold, and they begin to worship this. 
and have a look at what they say to the calf that they're worshiping. And because Moses is up with God and God points out to him, hey, the people are being rebellious. And he says, and God says to Moses, go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I com commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of, of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. One of the ten, the very first of the Ten Commandments, they're saying to the golden calf, you're the one who brought us out of Egypt. They immediately contravened the first of the Ten Commandments. They replace God with someone else, and this someone else is a golden calf. The interesting thing is, it says in one, one part of the scriptures that Aaron fashions this gold into a calf. When Aaron ultimately gets challenged, he says, I threw the gold into the fire and out came a calf. It wasn't my fault. It just happened to be a calf, and, you know, when it came out. And so Moses comes down the, the mountain and he has the Ten Commandments. He's so horrified, he throws the, the Ten Commandments down at the base of this calf and, and, and uh, they break. And, and then God comes along and God says this to Moses. Now let me alone to Moses so that my wrath may burn, burn hot against them and I may consume them and, you, and, and of you I will make a great nation. God says, I'm just going to destroy all these people who've been for 430 years in captivity, who've come out through all these miracles. Look, they, they couldn't even last 40 days. I'm going to destroy them. And Moses says to them, and Moses thinks to himself, um, uh, you know, Moses, who was reluctant at first to do this when God first called him, who, who, who then became sold out to God. And, and for Moses, it was just difficult upon difficult to do this. And now God wants, after he's got these people out, now God wants just to blow them up and destroy them. And so Moses says to God, don't destroy them. Don't. If you're going to do that to them, do it to me. <laughs> What's the point of all of this? You know? And, and, he, and Moses says to God, leave it to me to deal with. And God agrees. And then Moses deals with the, with the people. And so, you, uh, but can you imagine what that would have been like? Can you imagine that sense of defeat? Imagine that sense of I've been working all these years to do all this and look at what it's come to. There are some of us at the beginning of this year, some of us are younger, some of us are older, and when we look back on our lives, there are some of us who stop and go, this is what my life has come to. Look at the mistakes I've made. Look at my children. Look at my grandchildren. Look at my family. Look at my money. Look at my job. Look at my friends. Look at where I am in life. Is this, is this all? Look at what I've done. And yet it is that man, Moses, who says to God, God, can I see you? Can I see you? Oh. And so what Moses would do is he would go to a place to pray. And he would go to a place regularly to pray. And, and God talks to him about setting up a tent of meeting or what's called a tabernacle, a place of gathering, a place to meet with him. And Moses goes and sets this tabernacle up outside of the, of, of the camp. 
And the scriptures tell us the reason he put it outside the camp is because the fear was that if he put it in the camp, God was so annoyed at the people that God would just explode them all and kill them. And so, so Moses puts this camp, this tent of meeting outside, this tabernacle, the place where God dwells. And it says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out, of, out to the tent, all the people would rise and stand, each one of them, at the entrance of the tents and watch of their tents and watch Moses until he'd gone into the tent. And when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. And so, people, and so he would set this tent of meeting out a, a distance from the camp and people would watch. And as he walked into, as he walked into the, this tent, this holy place, this place of meeting, God would descend on the place. And people would see the glory of God descend on this place. The tabernacle was that holy place that Moses would go. And uh, you, if you've listened to me for a while, you'd have heard me talking about often creating a holy place in your homes, a place that you could go that's your place to encounter the presence of God, whether it be a chair, a table, a, a room, or somewhere to encounter the presence of God, somewhere that you can say, this is my place of encounter. Um, and so one day Moses goes into this tent of meeting and he says, if, I'm the, if I've been called by you, if you've called these people, you have to show up. You have to show us who you are because we, we need to know your ways. We need to know your will. And if you are to be blessed in 2023, you can make a whole pile of New Year's resolutions or you can stop and say, God, this is where I am in my life today. This is where I am in my life right now in this place at this age. I can't change yesterday. I can't be younger than what I am. I can't be older than what I am either. But what are you asking of me? Show me your way. And in Exodus it says, and now if I have found favour in your sight, Moses says, show me your ways so that I may know you and find favour in your sight. Consider too that this is your people. And so Moses says, show me your ways. Because if I see your ways, if I see what you want, if I've found favor, if I've found blessing, show me. And God replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Because the promise of the scriptures is very true. And what God promises is, is that if we encounter God, if we come into the presence of God, we find rest. We find peace no matter what's happened in our life. God says to him, I'll come. And then Moses says to him, show me your glory, I pray. And he, God said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name of the Lord and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Moses says to God, let me see you. Let me see you. That's what all of us should pray. 
as we approach this year. Let me see you. Let me see you where I am in my life. Let me see you. Verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face for no one shall see and live. And the Lord continued, see, there's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I'll take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. What God says to Moses says to him, can, we, can I see you? And God says, but no one can, can stand my glory, my perfection. No one can stand that. And he says to Moses, but what I'll do is I'll put you in the cleft of a rock. I'll put you in a crack in the rock and I'll put my hand over your face and I'll pass by. And once I've gone, I'll remove my hand so that you can see me and see my glory. You know? Moses, uh, Moses is someone who says, God, come to me. Come to me. Imagine what this guy must have been feeling right now. These people who I did all of this for, I left so much for, I've given so much, they've all, life seems so terribly difficult, Lord. But let me see you, because your promise is that if I'm in your presence, I will find rest and peace. Um, so we can ask the question, whether we're 80 years old or whether we're 18 years old, are you the person that God is calling you to be today? Are you living in that presence? Do you have that certainty? I know that this year I will be blessed because I'm standing in the will, will of God. Um, Moses says, if we're to be your chosen people, uh, you have to be with us. You have to show us. Because the truth is, for you and for me, God's got to turn up. God's got to turn up in my life if I'm to be and to do what he wants me to do. If you're to do what God wants you to do, God has got to turn up into your home, into your street, into your bedroom and into your heart, exactly where you are. Whether you're retired, whether you're in a job, whether you're a student, he's got to turn up exactly where you are. Do you want 2023 to be blessed? Many people just casually say, Lord, I commit this year to you, and you say that you'll bless my plans, the scripture I started with. But are the plans we have the plans that God wants for us? Are they the plans that God wants for us? Um, because when you find his presence, listen to me, you will find his will for you for this year. It becomes apparent. Um, so how do we find his presence? How do we find God's presence in our life? Well, the scripture, there's a phrase in the scripture that's used over and over and over again. And it's this, God, I seek your face. You look at our face, our face is what gives you a window into us, doesn't it? Our face is what, is what, is what gives us the opportunity to see who we are. Another way of saying it, the, the phrase, the face of God actually means, God, can I experience your presence? Can I know your presence in my life? Can I know your favor in my life? In Psalm 27, verse seven and eight, it says, hear, O God, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. What it's saying is, 
we need to seek his presence. That sense of God surrounding us. The sense of God that God is all, uh, his perfection, his beauty, his infinity is all around us. To seek God's face is to seek his presence. To seek God's face is to seek his presence. So if you want to be blessed in 2023, it's not a question of making great New Year's resolutions. It's not a question of bunching up your fists and saying, I'm going to try harder. It's not a question of, of, of making sacrifices and, and putting yourself through hardship and more hardship for hardship's sake. That doesn't lead to blessing. A blessed 2023 is going to be found because we're in the presence of God all of the time. And we know that we're in the presence of God and that we seek out times especially to be in the presence of God. Um, because when you're in the presence of God, you'll discover his will. King David, who lives centuries later, the mighty one of Israel, the great king, the one of whom God said, this is a man after my own heart, realized that he needed God. King David, this man that God said is a man after my own heart, was someone who had done so many things that was wrong. And yet God was able to change him. And, and, he, and, and, he, and he said in Psalm 51, he said, don't turn your face from me. In other words, don't turn, don't turn your presence away from me. One of the prayers that all of you and I could pray every day is, Lord, show me your face. Show me your face. Show me your presence. Um, because God's presence is so beyond what any of us can imagine. God's presence is so beyond anything that we can conceive. God's presence is beyond any relationship that we have ever had. For God is holy, God is pure, God is so beyond our reckoning. As I read one uh, author recently say, to even use the word God is to limit God because it immediately puts a thought in our mind as to who God is. Um, so beyond what any of us can imagine, he seeks relationship with us. It's inconceivable what God wants for us. Uh, and so Jesus came into the world that he could be our Lord and Saviour. So, so what does it mean to be in his presence? Right. To be in his presence is to say, God, I seek your will, not mine. Years ago, only a few months ago, you probably heard me share this, uh, I, um, uh, I, I was reflecting back over the fact that 50 years ago, a month or so ago, um, a priest prayed for me that I would give my life to God. I was just a young teenager. And I remember that day, I remember the moment. It was quarter to nine at night. I know exactly where I was and I know how just dramatic the moment was. I've never been able to forget it. There have been times I've tried to give up on God. I've tried to walk away from God. I've never been able to forget that moment of the presence of God, of saying to God, I surrender to you. And when I talked to the priest about what it meant for God to be the Lord and the Savior of my life, he said this. He said, it means that no decision that you will ever make for the rest of your life that you will get first choice in. You never get first choice with anything. Your choice is always after, God, what is your will? 
It doesn't matter what you're eating for dinner. It doesn't matter whether you live, how you spend your money, uh, who you make love to, you know, what you do when you, with your career. Every, every, to, get, to make Jesus the Lord of your life is to put him in that first place where he gets first choice all the time. The problem when you put it like that is I fail at that all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, so right now, where are we? Where are you because of you've heard this this evening? Where are you wherever you're listening to it? What will 2023 be for you? The scriptures tell us that to see Jesus is to see God. The scriptures tell us that Jesus is the fulfillment. Nothing gets better than this. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it, 1, it says, Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He's a reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. Jesus is the one we need to seek. Jesus is the one we need to place first in our life as Lord and Saviour. As it says in John's Gospel, to see Jesus is to see God. And so God gives us a key, we New Testament people who live since Jesus, uh, Jesus is to see God, is to see Jesus. And we see Jesus through the scriptures. We see Jesus by inviting him into our heart and making him the centre of our life. In a moment, I'm going to give you a card. In this envelope is a card, right? The card is blank, right? And so if you're watching at home, you can just get a blank card and an envelope. And on it, I've written, bless 2023. What do you want God to bless this year? I, I, as I've shared with you often, I keep a prayer journal. And in my prayer journal, I, I write down the different days. And the first of the year, I write down what I'm going to do that year and what I think God is talking to me about. And with the new year just ticking over, I decided I would go back and I would read what I wrote on the 1st of January last year. And then I would stop and say, did God? Did God? Not did I, but did God? Did God do what he declared in my heart that he would do? I mean, do you right now have a did God statement? that you can look back in the past? Do you have a place where you can stop and say, that's what God put in my heart. That's God, what God wanted for my marriage, for my business, for my future, for the way I spend my money, my time, that I am with my children, how I deal with the disappointments in my life, the thoughts of yesterday, the places I made mistakes. Do you have a did God statement? Did God do in your life? did he do and so on this card we're going to seek the presence of God now we're going to seek the presence of God in these next few minutes and I know I don't want you to listen to me don't don't pray to me 
you know, I can't do anything for you. I can't grow hair on my head. You're wasting your time if you pray to me. I can't do anything for you. But let's pray to God. And maybe today is the first time in a while that you, you have asked God to talk to you. Do you know what you're going to ask God to bless in 2023? And then I'm going to give this to you and you can take it home and then write on it, put your name on it, and then put it in a safe place and then pull it out again in the future. And ask God, did he? Did he? Did he? On the 17th of July, 1977, some of you weren't alive then. Some of you were very young. Some of you were older than me. In my prayer journal, I felt like God said to me, my son. And, and the reason that my prayers often started with my son is because I, my dad, my dad I had come from a family of five boys. And my dad would often say to us, when he talked to us, my son. And we were all, we were all his son. And so often when I've thought about God, my image of God has been that sense of son. And, uh, and I wrote in my journal on that day on the 17th of July, 1977, my son, I'm calling you to proclaim my glory to the ends of the earth. And because of you, millions will come to know me. And millions will turn from me because it will divide. And today, I can stop and I can say, God did. But God did just in the last year too. You know? I was just sharing with some people before, um, one of the biggest television program channels in, in America and around the world just recently approached me to ask if I will go on television every week uh, in some other countries and reach literally millions of people. And I'll be able to say, God did. See, if we're in his presence, he reveals his will. And then we just need to say, if that's your will, Lord, bring it about. As opposed to, this is what I want, bring it about. But the difference between this is what I want and thank you for your will is this, is a surrendered heart that says, I'm prepared to give that up if I could just know who you are. Because if I know who you are, anything I would want would not be as good as what you can give. Lord, if I could just see your face, if I could just make it to the end, if you would just remove your hand from my eyes that I could see. That's what God wants for you. And so on this card, on that piece of paper, whatever you're writing on, seek God and ask that we would seek his face and allow yourself to be moved. Allow yourself to be moved. Sometimes we Catholics can be so unemotional about God who is all glorious. Allow yourself to be moved. One of the themes we read in the scriptures is the whole concept of sowing into a particular area. In other words, giving into an area that it would bear fruit. And I want to ask you as we begin 2023, whether you will help me share the gospel with people all over the world. We have people who watch, who go to church. We have people who 
watch who don't go to church. We have people from all kinds of different backgrounds who watch in places that I would never have dreamt that our message would have got to. But because of the faithful support, financial support of people, it has helped us share Christ with many, many people and it changes people's lives. I've heard stories about how people's lives have been affected in terms of how they see themselves, their marriages, their relationships, the difficulties they've been through their life, their parenting, their careers, their retirement. And it's all because the gospel brings hope. And so I wanna ask you, would you sow into this ministry? The reason it's gone so far is because we have people like our Faith Builder Partners. They're people who have gone into our website, have set up a way to contribute every uh, month, and we can rely on that to be able to partner with us to share Christ with the whole world. See, people who are helping us believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. And I'm going to ask you and encourage you to help me today. It enables these weeklies, the daily devotionals, the Heart Women's Ministry, and all of the things that we produce to help people grow in their faith with God. We, uh, it, it's what helps us do all of that. So you can go either to this address on the screen or go to the Give tab. And I'm asking if you would stand with me and make 2023 a great year. Scripture tells us that when we give, we are blessed. And so know that as you give, that there is a blessing that will come your way. Not from me, but from God. Loving God, we just thank you today that you're with us. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that as we sow into the work of proclaiming you, that it would touch many people's lives and it would grow us in our depth of relationship with you. And Father, we make this prayer in the name of Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, thank you for being with us. I look forward to many more days with you throughout this year as we grow in our relationship with God. I pray that the Lord blesses you this year abundantly. And don't forget, wherever you are in 2023, God is never far from you. This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries.